halachas that once the animal is being led, you know, the, be- the bezin handed down as verdict, the animal has to be stoned, has to be put down, and the animal now is being led to uh, to the stoning. So um, if the if the man then decides to make the animal hegdish or make it hefker, it's no longer in his control. And um, and we did learn as an argument even between uh, Rashi and Rabbeinu Thomas to Pshat. According to Rashi, the animal's already forbidden to have any pleasure, so how can you make it hegdish? It's not yours anymore. According to Rabbeinu Tam, uh, the Sher Haniskel, you can have Hano until you actually kill it. But the reason why you cannot make it hegdish is because it's like a Takana. We don't want you to delay the, the sentence of Bezdin. So therefore, you cannot go ahead and make it and consecrate or do anything with it. So we're up to the Gemari at the very bottom of the page. Turn Rabban, we learn. In the Braisa. Shoid Shahemis, the animal killed a human, a person. Kozman, the Bezin didn't didn't yet give down the final sentence. Okay, so we don't know the animal yet is going to be treated as a as an animal that committed a crime. So then it's still yours. If you sold it, the animal is sold. And you can sell it for for as Ashi says, even for agriculture. And Mukdish, if you make it hegdish, it's a valid hegdish. Hegdish, mukdish is hegdish is valid. Shachli shechtib, sorry, muti lari the flesh, because at the moment the animal has not yet been handed down that final sentence. Hechaziru shemer lebeis bailev of the shemer who is watching it before Bezin hands down the final verdict, gives it back to the owner. Muchzet says he said, look, I gave you back your animal. You gave me an animal, give it back. I the animal gored in between, and Bezin's about to kill the animal, but Bezin hasn't yet handed down their sentence. He can give it back. <clears throat> Um, I five minutes later, the bezin is going to come to the balabas and take the animal away and sentence it to be killed. It doesn't matter. I gave you back a proper animal. Mishenigma dinay. However, all this changes once bezin handed down this verdict. If you now turn around and try to sell it, it's not a valid sale anymore because it's not yours to sell. And as Ashi says, it's no longer in your rishus to sell because now bezin handed down the psak that has to be stoned. So, so it's not because you're delaying it, but because it's not yours to be sold. There is a whole discussion we talked about once, whether Iser Hana means that it's no longer yours, or it's still mine, but I can't do anything with it. And it revolves around the question when ownership, what does ownership mean? Does owner, what does it mean I own something? I make a Kenyan and it becomes mine. There's two ways of viewing it. One way is called Hishtamshis. I have exclusive rights to use this item and and, and no one else can. That's my relationship with this object. The other review is something more, much more metaphysical here that I own the objects. Not only have the right to use it, it's mine. And the difference is if it's, for example, it's if it's no longer, I can have any pleasure from it, is it still mine? If you learn that my relationship with the thing is because I have exclusive use, if I cannot use it with what is it mine, then it's like Hefka, it's no longer mine. And the fact that somebody comes along and steals it, it's not really a Ganif. It's no longer mine, as the Ran and the Rajba argue there in the Durand Pay. But if you learn that my, my ownership is I own the, the item itself, then even if I cannot have any benefit from it, it's still mine. Rashi in Psachin Avavam Bey says that Chomets is not B'Shusoy, and he adds Eino Shaloy. So it's clear there from Rashi that he holds that, that uh, Isanomi is not yours at all. Here Rashi uses the words Eino Mukdash, he says the Lav B'Shusoy, the Mare. As if to say, it's not in your control. It doesn't say it's not yours, it's not in your control. So others want to learn from Rashi here the opposite. 
It's an interesting discussion. But anyway, because it's not in your control, you can no longer sell it. Take day shame. You make a hegdish, not a valid hegdish. Shach absare also if you shechted it, it's forbidden because asabana. And this time, hechazira shame the base by the animals. If you give it back to the owner, say here, take your animal. I gave nothing back because now that the animal is bahana, I did not, <coughs> I didn't give him back his animal. However, Rabbi Yaakov says. Even after the final verdict of Bezin, if the Shema gave it back to the owner, it's mostly gave it back to him. So it's like a discussion we have if somebody steals, let's say, somebody's whiskey and Pesach, and after Pesach, he gives it back to whiskey. Can he say, look, I returned what I stole? Or, he say, or the other guy he say, hey, when you stole, it was worth $100 a bottle, and now it's after Pesach, it's chametz that went through Pesach, it's worthless. The bottle looks the same, the mashka looks the same, but it has zero value. What's the din then? And they want to say that it has to do with what, how we understand Isr Hanah. If Isr Hanah means that it's it is, that um, I have, it's no longer the guy, so what are you giving back to him something that's not, it's not what you, it's not his. So therefore, and you're back no value, you have to reimburse him for something else. You cannot give him back the same bottle of whiskey because it has no value and it's not his. But if you learn that Isr Hanah means it still belongs to the guy and I'm giving back to you, I can say, this was yours. It never left your. It was always yours. I now it has no value, but it's still yours. So goodbye. So maybe that's the argument here regarding the shame of returning the animals. Let us say, that's the argument. You cannot say when it comes to something which is here. Take it back. It's yours. Why? Because once it's asubano, it's no longer his. It's gone. So now you have to give him back something. What are you, what are you giving back to him? Something of value. Equal value. Rabbi Yaakov holds, even though it's Asubano, it never left their guy's ownership because he'll own it, and therefore I can give it back to him. So the shame can give it back to the animal. Amr Rabbah says, Rabbah, Kuli Alma could be everyone holds, everyone holds when it comes to Hametz and Pesach, for example, you can give it back the bottle of whiskey because it belongs to him and say, hey, take back your bottle. By showing me there's a different argument. Because uh, can otherwise why argue in the case of a shamer? Argue in the, in the classical case of Hametz and Pesach, and I return it to you after Pesach. Is it a, is it a valid returning or not? Why argue in the case of a shamer? Because a shamer is different than Hametz and Pesach, and the difference is as follows. El, um, because by Chametz and Pesach, whatever problem arose, arose on its own. I didn't do anything wrong. The Chametz, after Pesach, became Asabahana. Did I do anything for that? No, that's what the dinner of Pesach is. But over here by the Shemir, because over here I was neglectful, and, and not only that, over here by the Shemir, afterwards, I brought this animal to Bezin in order to be tried. So I was culpable of, uh, of uh, I'm a party to the Bezin of, 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 of that final verdict of destroying the animal. So therefore, in this case here, everyone agrees. I cannot turn around to the owner and say, hey, take back your thing, because because it's no longer the, the same, uh, I the one who caused the damage here, because I brought it to Bezin. So therefore, just on a nutshell here, what we're up to so far. So we're saying over here is that if, if a shamer, um, we said before the Bezdin, I'm just going to quick uh, recap here, that it, before the Bezdin gave the final sentence that this animal should be stoned, the, the owner of the animal can sell it, make it hectic because the animal is still his. The moment the Bezdin hands down the final verdict that the animal should be stoned, it becomes Asr Bahano, you cannot sell it, you cannot consecrate it. And then it says, we have an argument, what about the shamer? The shamer is the one who is guarding the animal, and the bezin handed down the verdict, the animal should be stoned. Can the shamer return it to the owner? So we say before bezin handed down the verdict, yes, he can give it to the owner, your animal. I Five minutes later, the bezin takes it away and decides to kill the animal. That's your problem. But I gave you back the same animal you gave me. But if after the bezin's verdict, so the chachamim say, if you give it back, 
you gave back an animal that's worthless. So you, you didn't, the Sherman has to reimburse the, the owner of the animal. But Rabbi Yaakov says, no, you can give the animal back. You can say, this is the animal I took, still, it's still here. So then the Gemara says, what's the crux of the argument? Is it to do with whether Isr Hanna, you can return back if you stole Hamad from somebody um, before Pesach and you returned him after Pesach? Now it's worthless because it's Hamad that went through a Pesach. Can I say, hey, Hadesh al And we explained before what the crux of that argument is, whether Isr Hanna is still considered yours or not. If it's yours, I'm giving back your item. If it, if it's not, not. So that's the same argument by the shame if you return an animal. And we answer no, that we say it has nothing to do with that. By Chamez and Pesach, it became a problem on its own. I didn't do anything to ruin it. Pesach comes along and makes it awesome. So therefore, one opinion says, I can return it to here. The same thing that I stole, I didn't do. I didn't make any changes. The changes that occurred happened by itself. I didn't do anything. Take it back. When it comes here to the animal, um, definitely I'm the one who ruined it because I had to take it to Bezin. Bezin doesn't come to my house to seize the animal. I take the animal to Bezin. So the shame is is a party to the damage to the animal. So therefore, in this case, everyone agrees the shame can't turn around to the owner and say, "Hey, you're the one who destroyed my animal." So what's the argument then? If you turn the thing, so we're up to the Gemara here. El you know they're arguing about could the bezin have continued? Um, you know that when a, a person in absentia, when it comes to normal dintera, but people, you cannot have a dintera without the, the defendant there. The defendant has to be there. But what about when it comes to an animal? Does the animal owner also have to be present in court or, um, you know, when we're sentencing this animal or not? And that's the argument here. So over here, that's what the argument is. Rabbanan say that you cannot uh, continue with a court case unless the guy himself is there. So the owner says, look, he has he said, the owner says to the guy, you can't give me back the animal after the court case, because you know what, if you would have given me the animal back right before the court thing, they cannot continue with this sentence unless the animal is in everything else. I would have taken the animal with him before and brought it to, uh, to a swamp somewhere, and, and the court case wouldn't have continued. And because they cannot have the court case without the animal presently present. You you now took my animal and you put it in the hands of the I can't defend myself. I, at least, if you were given to me, I had a way out. And even though we learned before in Tracy that it's the wrong thing to do, but I could have done it. I could have escaped. Oh, but now that you, so therefore you therefore you are culpable here. You cannot turn around to me and say, "Hey, hey, take animal back. Nothing changed." Yes, it did change. You were giving me back to me before the court case or before the final verdict. I could have done something. But Abiyakov holds Goyim says it makes no difference if the animal's present. Makes no difference at all. We would have continued the court case anyway. So it would have made no difference if the guy, the shame, would give back to you before or now. And therefore, the shame can say, "Here's your animal." Anyway, we would have completed the deal without you around. <clears throat> and therefore, it's a it's like a damage that happens automatically. The shame would did not contribute at all to this damage because Bezin would have proceeded with the court case regardless. So therefore, the shame has a right to say, It's no different than Chametz and Pesach, where the damage happened by itself. Because the court case, the court doesn't need, even if you would have ran away, the court would have continued with the court case itself. My time is the Rabbanon. What's as far as the Rabbanon? Why does the Rabbanon hold that we need, you know, the owner present or that, and we need the animal? The Hash, it says the Pasuk, Hashor Yisrael, 
It says that the shayr is a stone and the owner should be put to death. Now, we know the owner of the animal does not get put to death. So why does the Torah say he gets put to death? To equate the halachas, the way we treat the shayr in the court is the same way we would treat had a person killed another person. And we learn a number of dinim of that. And one of the dinim that Rabbana want to learn is that kemis is a bailim, just like by when you can't uh, try someone in absentia. You need the person to be present. The shayr also has to be present. <clears throat> and therefore, the would, if the owner would have taken the shayr and ran away to some swamp, the court could not have proceeded with the case. So by the shaymer pre presenting the animal to the bezin, the shaymer uh, proactively caused damage to this animal. So you can no longer turn around and say, oh, here's your animal. Here's your animal. But Abiyakiv, so what's Abiyakiv going to say? Everyone agrees that we, we equate the laws of a, of a person killing to the laws of, of an animal killing. So how come Abiyakiv says you, the bezin could have proceeded without the show being there, but if the owner would have been charged with you know with murder, he would have to be present. So Yaakov said, "No, here there's a logic to say there's a difference." We need the bailim in court. The bailim could defend themselves, and therefore you cannot have a fair trial unless the defendant is there and they can give us an excuse or explain to us what happened or whatever. What's the point of having a show? The bartender. We have two witnesses. The show killed someone. What do you show? Who? The show doesn't defend himself. Therefore, if the show is not there, it makes no difference as a biakif in this case. And that's why the shame did not contribute anything by bringing the show to court. Okay, we're up to the two dots. If the guy gave it over to a shame or a shoyal, and we say, we said that even though we learned that if you change ownership. Sometimes you recalibrate. We had an argument. If I sell you an animal that's been established, move it. So some say that the new person now starts all over again as a tam because the owner might be different and then we start all over again. But when it comes to a shamer, we say it's not considered you changing ownership because even while it's sitting in the hands of the borrower, whose animal is it? It's still the owner's animal. So it never changed ownership. So whatever status the animal has while it was in the owner's domain, has the exact same status while sitting by the shamer. So, for example, by the owner, it was a muud, and then it's now sitting by the shamer, and then it, the shamer was was lax, and the animal went out and caused damage. We'll treat it like a muud, and the shamer has to pay the full damage. If it was a tam by the by the owner, then it's still a tam by um, by the shamer as well. In the case of the tam, the shamer ends up being the tam, by him saying, I want to steal. Oh, then, then he becomes an owner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if the shamer then lies in court and everything else, and he becomes a ganiv, then he's like a new. He has kinyanim in it. We learned, we learned later in Baba Kama that a ganiv, in order to become a ganiv, you have to make a kinyan. It's not just enough. I want to steal. Talk about we learned. Abba nichnas otach is a bailin of following four shamim stand in the shoes of the owner. They go hand these other shamer chinim, a guy who is a shamer for for as a favor. So he's responsible for nothing except if he does pshia, unless he's negligent. And and as an argument, if negligence is that is that a din in shamer or is that because he's like a mazik, he, he himself destroyed the animal by being negligent? Hashayla Baro is responsible for everything, including accidents, only one or two exceptions, and um, which is Mesa Machs Malach. If I borrowed something to work, can it die during the work? But that's what I borrowed for, so then I'm exempt. Or if the owner of the animal is working for me, and Noise Sachar, somebody who uh, gets paid, where he's responsible for, at least for stolen if it's stolen or lost. And Hasachir or a renter, and a renter, we have an argument whether he has a, the mayor says he has the same status as a Shemir Chinam. Um, you know, he's doing a favor, but he's actually paying money, so he's even better. And he's only responsible for Pshi of negligence, or is he like a Shemir Sachir that he's also responsible for steal the stolen avoidance? Now, this is what the price says. 
if let's say while they were a tam, they killed the nerog, and the animal still gets put down, but a tumor kaifer, because it's like a tam. A tam, the first three times it kills a person, does not pay kaifer. Mu'adin, if the animal was already a mu'ad by the owner, and now the shaman took over, and it killed a, a person. Neherogin will kill the animal, but a mashalman is a kaifer, you pay kaifer. But even though the shaman is the first time by the shaman, but we, he, he, he's an extension of the Balabas, and therefore has, the animal has the same status. Says the Gemara, <clears throat> but the Shemir now has to reverse the owner because it was his responsibility. The animal committed the damage there. So he, he pays, uh, he has to pay what he calls uh, for the damage that the animal incurs, and he has to also pay for back, for example, because the animal got stoned and the animal's dead. He owes now the Shoyal, he owes now two fronts. He also has to let, give back to the marshal, to the lender, his animal. But he can't because he's dead, so he, he pays him money. Says the Gemara, um, the only exception is a Shemichin. A Shemichin does not have to um, pay back the money. Says the Gemara, or the Kaifas, we'll see. Says the Gemara, hey, what are we talking about? There's, there's different levels of Shemir. We'll see, we talked about it before, we'll learn to sooner in the Mishnah. There's a called a Shemir Abchusa. Shemir Abchusa means a weak Shemir. Even though it's called a weak Shemir, it means a normal Shemir. have a normal fence. And then under normal circumstances, you know, animals don't break through. That's called a normal Shemir. We call that Shemir Abchusa. Then we have a thing called a Shemir Mu'ula, a much better Shemir, a very strong fence that even a, a, a hurricane couldn't destroy that fence. That's called a Shemir Mu'ula. And um, we'll have a Machlaik in the Mishnah later that if you did a Shemir Abchusa, you had a normal fence, and then Amma breaks out and causes damage. Is that called an oinus or not? Ramey will say, no, you need a shmirah mula and everything. And if you did a shmirah b'chusah and it breaks through, you're responsible. So if the animal broke through the fence and causes damage, you are responsible, regardless, tam muid. Rabbi Yehuda says it depends. And this is a hard one. Rabbi Yehuda says, if the animal is a tam, you need a shmirah mula. You need a very good shmirah. And therefore, if it broke through the fence, you're responsible. But if the animal is a muid, you're exempt. A shmirah b'chusah is good enough. Which we discussed is hard to understand in logic, but we'll bring sukkah. And then you have Rabbi Leza says, I don't care if it's a shmir b'chusah. Even if you have a best shmir in the world, if the animal breaks through and causes damage, you're always responsible. The only way to control your animal, he says, with a knife, kill it. Shecht it. In other words, no, you're always responsible for your animals. That's Rabbi Leza. Says the Gemara, let's understand this price. <clears throat> Eid not today. If you had an unbelievable, you know, the higher class grade of shmir. Then I feel the cool namlukir. Why tell me Shemichinim is exempt? Then everyone is exempt. They had a good, they had a Shemina Mullah. It's fantastic. And, and even according to the mayor, you're, you're exempt. The either line not today, if you didn't watch a Shemina Mullah, but what? You only had a Shemina Pus, an avid Shemina. Then according to the mayor, you're chayv and everything. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Tam is chayv and everything. Then I feel the Shemichinim, no, the chayv. And why Shemichinim is exempt? If the Shemina Pus, an avid Shemina, and the animal broke through and caused damage, you should be paying, even if you're a Shemichinim. Amri, we said, we're talking about it here. You had a Shmira and not a Shmira and Mula. In other words, you had a normal fence that can that withstand normal wind, but not withstand a hurricane. So, why should a Shmira be exempt? That's enough. You fulfilled the obligations. You remember, you're doing your favor. If I have a normal fence, that's good enough. You can't call me negligent. You can't say I'm a Pesheya. If I had a normal fence and a lock and key and the, and the animal broke through, you can't say that I was negligent. I didn't have the best shmir, but I had an average shmir. So therefore, <clears throat> I, I don't have to, I, I do need to pay for the damage an animal did, but I don't have to reimburse the mashil because I can say the only time a shemichinim has to pay back to the, to, the, to, the lender, to the person who gave the animal to watch, the owner, is if he was negligent. 
You cannot call him negligent if he had a normal fence there. So why should the Shem Echinen pay? All other Shem even have to pay because they're also responsible for Gneva. They do. They just not negligence. <clears throat> Gneva definitely is not negligence in a way because somebody came and broke in. What can you do? And therefore, in this case also, you had a normal fence. It's not good enough. You should have been a bit more careful. And they have to pay. But Hashem Echinen is only paying for negligence. An average Shemira is not negligence. On the other hand, when it comes to Hazeka, he has to pay. So we say the Hashem Echinen is part of me, meaning part of from paying back to the owner of the animal. They haven't satisfied the Shemira because they had to be more careful that Shem is responsible for theft, which means he's an ordinary Shemira not good enough. For theft, we hold you more responsible. So the same thing here over here is as well. The animal goes out, causes damage, and we now have to stone the animal, then he has to reimburse the owner. Says he about Amri Kaman. Who says what you're saying right now? We're talking about a Shemira Pchusa. And all the animals have to pay, and the Shemichinim is, is exempt from paying. Who are we talking about? Iker Abmeir Abmeir holds that Shmir B'chusa, Abmeir holds Shmir B'chusa is never good. Omar says that, what's the problem with Abmeir? Abmeir is very good. Abmeir says that Shmir B'chusa is not good enough, and you're responsible. That's saying you're responsible as well. The problem with Abmeir is another discussion. Where do we fit in a Soichet, a guy who actually pays? To have this animal there. According to Mayor, a Seichel has the same status as Shemichinim. He's only responsible for negligence. So if you're telling me the logic over here is why the Shemichinim doesn't have to pay back the owner because having a normal fence is not negligence, so then it should have said a chutz Shemichinim and chutz Seichel. A Seichel also does not pay for negligence. So if it's Rab Mayor, then why does it only highlight a Shemichinim? Ike Rab Mayor, the Amor says, Dami. That is like a shemichinim. Then listen, chutz moshemichinim vehasayichet. So obviously it's not a man. Then must be a Yehuda. Yeah, yeah. We'll have later a whole discussion. No, no. But once the Brisa brings four names, if the Brisa would not have highlighted the four names, you may be right. But once the Brisa highlights the four different shemim, and then it has chutz, you should have spelled it out. So it must be a Yehuda. And if it's Rabbi Yehuda, the Amor says that Seichet must be Rabbi Yehuda. That a Seichet is treated like a Nezah It's very good. The only exception is Shemichinim. The only one who can argue, look, it wasn't negligence of the Shemichinim because I'm the only one who pays for negligence. I have a normal Shmira, it's good enough. The problem is, then, but by a Muid, remember Rabbi Yehuda holds that by a Muid, an average Shmira is good enough. So by a muid, if the if the animal went out and caused damage, the shaymu will be put from the damage that it caused. Why doesn't it mention that? If it's Rabbi Yehuda, this need, let us say the following: Chutz m'shaymechinim. The shaymechinim does not have to pay back the owner, and then it should have said the kulon b'muadin pturin. That when it's a muid, it's put in your kaifer. That what you don't have to pay. That if because Rabbi Yehuda holds is good enough for a muid, a shmira pchus, an average shmira is good enough. Why are they paying kaifer? So who's author of mission? This is the third opinion of Belezer that says, No matter what kind of Shmira you made for the animal, you're always responsible. Even if you had a, a, a fence that can withstand a hurricane, you're responsible. Only a knife putting the animal down is the only way. When it comes to Seichir, when it comes to Seichir, he holds like Rabbi Yudah, says, But why does he say only Because when it comes to a seichel, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that a seichel has the same halacha like a neisah. In other words, a seichel is responsible for theft, and therefore a seichel has to reimburse the owner of the animal if 
animal went and caused damage, and the bezin decided the animal has to be stoned. If the animal killed a, a person, and the bezin says, well, you have to stone the animal. So he's responsible. Oh, because it only pays for negligence. And you cannot, even according to him, you cannot call this negligence. As far, vis-a-vis, not so much for the damage, vis-a-vis the owner. That's right. So, no, no, there's two parts here. The animal caused damage to others, and the shaman has to pay that. And then it is, but he has to, but the animal is going to be stoned now because it killed a person. So now the shaman has to reimburse the, the, the owner of the animal. So as far as Hezek is concerned, I don't care what kind of shaman you are. You have to pay because the blood says only a sakit. As far as paying back the owner, the shaymachinim is potter because he only is responsible if it was negligent. You cannot, even if this can't call this negligent. <clears throat> so therefore, the shaymachinim doesn't have to pay back the owner of the animal because he had a normal fence. And as far as the shame is concerned, that is good enough. Says so, Gemara, Abaya says, nope, easier to learn. Why learn like our beleza, who's a das yachit, will learn like our mate. I like a mayor. The only problem we have with a mayor is uh, how come he says exception is shemechinim. He should have said exception shemechinim and a seichet. Says he right. What do you right? Who can machli says that we got it wrong. Rameir is actually the one who says that a seichet has the same halacha like a shemechinim and and shemechinim is unique. And this brayse follows that view of Rameir. So the only one that's exempt from all payments except negligence is the Shemichinim. That's why it says they accept Shemichinim. And if you don't make Shemichinim, Rabbi Loza says, if somebody gave a shayf to a Shemichinim, the animal went out and caused damage, he is chayiv, and who's Zach if the animal was 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 damaged by others, Potter. Now, what's going on here? We're making our distinction according to Rabbi Loza, whether the animal went out and did damage to others, then you are liable. But if the animal was damaged by another animal, even though I'm the shamer and I should take care of it, I'm not. What's going on? Hey, Chidam. If he said, look, I'll take full responsibility of all the damages that I feel losing. If the animal was the recipient of damage, but the animal itself got damaged by others, he should be uh, responsible. <clears throat> if it was negligence. If he did not take the responsibility for damages, then I feel he's ignominy potty. Even then, when I caught out damage, he should be potty. So look, I never took I'm a shaymachinim. I'm doing you a favor. I take no responsibilities. We're talking about a case of He took upon himself to, you know what? I will take care of the damages. You know what we're talking about over here? You knew that this animal is a gore. The stomach the milsa. So he said, I know the animals are gore. And if he says, I'm taking upon myself to damage, what he meant was, I know the animal is wild, but I'll make sure that it doesn't cause any damage. So what am I? It's it's an unwritten thing, as if I'm saying that I'm going to take care of damage others. The day, but to, to I never assumed that other animals will come and damage this animal. Therefore, I never accepted that. Mishnah. Now, this is finally the Mishnah that argument Rabbi Huda and Rameya that is so difficult to understand that Rabbi Huda says that a muid requires a lesser guarding than a tam. What possible logic is there in that? Let's see the Mishnah. Of course, just like there's a So the Mishnah, the owner went ahead and tied down the animal with reins. In other words, it's not just an ordinary shmirah. This is a top, top shmirah. The null the fun of Kuro and close the door properly. Um, so, so uh, what happened was the the door is okay. Here he said over here that no means a normal door, a shmirah pchusa. 
When it comes to Mu'ud, you know what? That Shmira Mu'ud that I demanded when it came to Tam, you don't need it by Mu'ud. So now that we've established by Mu'ud, a Shmira Pchus is good enough, let's use the Gzeri Shavu like our mayor and say that Tam also a Shmira Pchus is good enough. But Taylor said, only regarding this, I'm going to be lenient when it comes to a Mu'ud, not when it comes to a Tam. Very difficult to send the logic in it, but I um, haven't really seen anywhere a good logic why when it comes to Mu'ud, you don't need a Shmir as much as it comes to a, to a Tam. Says the Gemara, but you're telling me the word is extra to tell you that's a double extra Shmir which comes to reduce, but you need it for a lav. Now, this is very interesting. Rashi's girsa is you need it for the law, the loyishmanenu. And it means to pay. And Taisa says, no, our gear says don't take it, those take the word love out. But you need it for itself, that you didn't watch it, and you have to pay. So I'll take I'll come back to in a second. You didn't watch my Lishmarenu, it's extra new. It's limited only to mood. Now I think this is very interesting. You know, I didn't say one say this. Our gear said Rashi gear says you need it for a love. We know whenever it says a love, it means it's not eight in the tailor. Tracy says, no, to take away the word love, you need to goof, they tell you, you have to pay. I told you last time, there's big machleg, you're showing him, is there an aveda to cause someone damage? If you if you break somebody's window, you got to reverse them, of course. Did you do an aveda? And if it is, what aveda is it? So here it seems that when in our wording, the love, and that's Rashi's gear, so usually it's lagufe. Whenever we have um, you know, a pasik and we need it for itself, we always use the word lagufe. You need it for itself to tell you the outcome, which is you have to pay money. Here we use the word love to tell you that in, that the reason why you're paying is because you commit an avera, a lav, either because it's not avera to throw or it comes under the banner of lesigzo. It's the lav. And uh, Tracer says, there's no lav here. It's just legufe. There's no avera. You, you're not allowed, if you cause damage, you got to pay. But there's no avera here, which is, I think, interesting. And interesting why nobody talks about it as if maybe that's what Shatna Machalik is. But anyway, um, the animal breaks through, it's not your fault. It's an anus. It's not your fault at all. You did what you're supposed to do. My timer. What's his father? Because he holds, and his logic is, but he'll go one step further. He agrees with Rabbi He agrees with Rabbi that word tells you that a muid is reduced by one step and a shmir and average shmir is good enough. But he agrees with Rabbi that will make Xerah Shava now between Tam and Muid. He will learn that Xerah Shava, Yigach, Yigach, to tell you that a Tam has the same laws of a muid. And therefore, as long as you had a normal fence, you are Pater. Now, here's the other thing we learned before. An argument of Adab, Adab, and Rav, and here finally we have it. It's interesting, that's the end of the fourth page, and we already mentioned so many times before. And that is the following. When Abu Yehuda says, What's a mood? Is a mood a tam plus another layer, or is a mood transforms the entire animal? There's no tam anymore, it's gone. So, Amr of Adab and Rav, says that an average shmir is good enough. He was talking about the next layer. In other words, if the animal now is a mood and caused $300 worth of damage, so it says, as a tam, you have had to pay 150. As a tam, you needed a much better shmirah. An average fence is not good enough. You still have to make the payment of tam. But the extra payment, the additional payment of a mu, the extra $150, you don't pay because I had a normal fence. So that makes it a bit more sensible. So, after, so like, you only exempt you to pay the hadar. But the side of the tam, you still pay. 
Okay, I'm a Rav. We'll come back. Rav says, Muid Leketed, you mean ain't a Muid Leketed smile. This animal habitually gores with its right side. And then one day it decides to follow up five times, it gores the left side. As far as the left side is concerned, it's a Keted. It's a, <clears throat> it's a Tam. Because it's, this animal, whatever is the right side, is much wilder or stronger than the left side. And the left side is shy, whatever it is. But if he damaged the left side, it's something the Balbots was totally unaware. It's not his fault. So it's like a Tam. He doesn't know. It doesn't matter. The fact is, uh, what kills it? Didn't do anything to stop it anyway. Yeah, but true. But for that, but the point is, he didn't damage. So that comes on this. You say, I was watching. I'm I'm standing on the right side with Adam. I'm standing with him. I'm holding the reins here and the right, make sure I'm control. Second, who is Rav following here? If he's following here, Rav Meir. <clears throat> no, what's Rav's Chiddush We know that if you're if you're a muid for we learned before you're a muid for Shabbos, you're not a muid for weekdays. Yeah, you know we learned all this before, right? That there's a muid you're limited to whatever you're a muid. What's he trying to tell you here that you didn't know before? <clears throat> so must be talking about not regarding the, the his Chiddush is regarding the shmirah, right? What level of shmirah? If you had a level of shmirah which is good enough for one side and not good enough for the other side. You know, uh, or good enough for one or another, whatever it is, the, the laws of Shmir kick in. So let's understand which opinion is he following. So it can't be that may hold no difference. Tama mood, Shmir is the same thing. Something like this. Um, no, let's say you had a lesser Shmir for the left side. The holds, whether you're a Tam, whether you're Mood, Shmir it makes absolutely no difference. If you have an average Shmir, you're fully responsible. And if you had a very great Shmir, you're fully potter. So what's the, the point? What's, our, what's, our, what's the difference? That must be a Libra Rabbi Yehuda. Must be saying according to Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi is saying like this. Um, let's say you only had a Shmir Pchusa. You, you had an average Shmir. So if you, if the right side you're a Muid, if the animal damaged the right side, you'd be Pater. Because a Muid is Pater. But if you damage with the left side, you'd be Chai. Because the left side is a Tam. And a Tam pays full damage. Sorry, Tam pays damages if you only had an average Shmir. That's the Chiddush of Ram. So again, Rab is saying, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that says that for a Muad, an average Shmir is good enough. Only a Tam needs a, requires a Shmir Muad. So if, let's say, the right side of the animal was a Muad and the left side was a Tam. So if he had a Shmir Abchusa and the animal broke it broke through and, and damaged with the right side, good enough. I'm not responsible. It's an accident. But if the animal damaged with the left side, since you owe, the left side is a Tam and you only had an average Shmir, you are responsible. Is that what Rab is trying to say? Then Rab could have said a bigger Chiddush. Within the right horn itself, remember, Rabbi Adam just told us that Rabbi Yehuda says that even the right horn, half of it is tam and half of it, the movement is only another layer. So even if he damaged, let's say that there was a shmir, an average wall, and the animal broke through and damaged with the right horn, how much would you pay? Only half. The tam part you'd be responsible for because the, the, you need a, a strong fence. You had an average fence. But the movement part, you'd be potter because for, as far as the movement is concerned, an average fence is good enough. Wouldn't that be a far greater chiddush? Instead of talking about right side and left side, talk about the very same horn that part of the part of it, the shmir is good enough, and for part of that horn, the shmir is not good enough. For the tam part, it's not good enough, and for, and for the muad part, it is good enough. What a much greater chiddush! Um, why introduce the left side? I feel the Say the right. Must be. Rab is trying to say, I totally disagree. With the right horn, once you're muid, he said you're a new animal. You are now a full muid. So if he would have damaged with the right horn, you'd be putter completely. Why? Because he had an average uh, fence, and for a muid, that's good enough. 
There's no tzad tamuz that remains behind. But the left side, that's a certain part of the animal, and there you're a tam, you would have to pay full. I want to give you an example where you can have in the same animal, part tam and part mood. I couldn't tell you in the same horn, but I can tell you right horn and left horn. But in Muad itself, you don't find Tom at all. I just finished already. When Abelezer came along, he said, there's no way you can watch an animal. The only way to watch an animal that will hold you, uh, that will exonerate you is if you shech the animal. But even if you had the best, best possible shemira and animal damages, it's not an accident. It's your fault. You're responsible. It says impossible. It says impossible. You didn't watch it. So he touches Shuv ain that it's imp- not that you didn't watch it. It's impossible to be watched. It's impossible to be watched. Bye bye says if that's the word, if says you tell me that not that you can't. It's impossible. So let's talk about bird. It says they It says by bird over there that a person digs open a, a hole in the street and he didn't cover it. According to you, we should read it, and it's impossible to cover it. As if to say that even if you did cover it and then somebody falls in. You're responsible. The law is not so. The law is if you put a lid on it and whatever, somebody else takes it off and somebody falls in, you're, 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 you're not responsible. But according to your reading, the law means it's impossible to cover it. How can you learn? If you covered the bird, I dug a hole in the street and then I covered it. The an animal falls in, we made butter. So it can be the law means and it's impossible to guard it properly. Why you cannot have a, a pet or a live animal in your house? Like we learned it a number of times. How do we know how do you know that you shouldn't have an animal that could pose a danger to others in your house? How do you know that you're responsible for objects that can cause damage to others? You have a ladder in your house that's rickety, you're responsible. It says, that you should not have these kind of things in your house. So therefore, he's saying, if you have an animal that went out and caused damage, it, it, obviously, it's a kelevra. It's your, it's your responsibility. You're over an aveda, and therefore, you have to pay. And it comes under the aveda, it's interesting. There's an iser. If your animal causes damage, there's an iser. And the Issa is not what I said to you before, the Ramea, which is, you know, obviously Yisrael or Gzela. The Issa is, Sosim Domim So even if we don't go to the extreme of Rabbi Leza says you, there's no way of watching it, but when he didn't watch it properly, it comes under that thing. So that's another way of looking at the Issa. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Or you could, but you're responsible.